Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. We're mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your breakthrough mixologist, Gary Ware. Welcome to another episode of Breakthrough Cocktail. I'm your host, Gary Ware. Today on the show, I have Scott Barlow. Scott is the founder of HappenToYourCareer.com, and they help people stop what they're doing and find a career that matches what their passions. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, Gary. Yeah. Before we jump into your story and learn a little bit more about how you became the person that you are, just give us a quick teaser about your site and, and what you do over there. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, and like you said, you know, really, we help people that are looking that you know are in a job right now, and they. They don't want to be doing it. They don't want to be doing it either now or they don't want to be doing it for the long term. And whether it's a case of they're dreading going to work tomorrow or whether it's a case of, you know, they simply realize that they could probably do more later on, we help them stop doing that and, and we help them actually figure out what it is that they actually want and then build a plan to make that happen. Huh. Hence the, the happen to your career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I feel everyone at some point in their career has been at that point, that crossroads where they were just stuck. And I feel people are so fortunate to have sites like yours out there just to help people, you know, navigate. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you've got one going yourself too. So you're right in that, in that same boat. And I've, uh, you and I have chatted a couple of times and, and I think you've got some great stuff going too that's going to help with that exact same thing. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's get started. So Scott, you run this site, Happen to Your Career. Um, let's jump way back and let's um, you know, tell our audience a little bit about your journey of how you came to um, where you are now. Oh, geez. <laughs> so I was, I was pretty much a typical college student. And I, I changed majors, I think is seven or eight times. So I was one of those guys and I had, um, I started out thinking, Hey, I want to, I want to do studio recording cause I was really into music and had, you know, just recently really gotten into that, you know, really big, um, audio file. And I thought, Hey, this is how I'm going to do it because I don't think I'm ever going to make it in a band and you know, whatever, it, whatever it was, all the thoughts I was having, this was like way back when I was 16. So just figuring out what on earth I'm going to try to do in college. So I actually got to college and realized that, wow, I don't really want to do that. So I somehow found myself to computer science, realized I didn't want to do code in a closet and actually wanted to be around other people and, and then, you know, eventually found myself in, in business. And then that's where things started to stick a little bit. That's where it finally started to, to mesh a little bit, a little bit better. And I started, you know, uh, I started looking for an internship because at Eastern Washington University, the place where I went to school, you had to have an internship. That was just part of the program. And that's, that's great and everything. But I was looking around and talking to my friends and they're doing a lot of menial projects for internships and I'm looking at them going, that's not going to, that's not going to give me experience that I, I actually want. That's not going to prepare me for something that I really actually want to do. And, and so I kind of, at that point set out to figure out, Hey, how can I, how can I just have this internship that doesn't, doesn't suck quite frankly. And, 
at, at that point, I, I, I guess, careful what you wish for, because I came home with a small business and um, started, a, started a painting business. Uh, and we did some other types of contracting, too, in the contracting industry, most, uh, mostly residential. But what, what happened at that point is as I was going through the business classes, I was able to take all of the stuff and apply it into my business the very, very next day. And then just like with any business, you've got, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got things that go wrong. And I had at the height of my business, I think I had, um, is like 22 or 23 people that were working for me and I had crews all over Spokane, Washington and they they screw stuff up every once in a while. So I had the occasional homeowner yelling at me and things along those lines. And when you're put into those types of situations again and again, you, you start to figure out what it is that you're good at. So, um, you know, making, making a potentially really long story, a little bit shorter, I decided that, and you know, since I was going to get married to, to my now wife, Alyssa, um, I wanted one of those stable jobs, you know, and <laughs> so I sold off all my assets for the business. And at that point, I, I went over and uh, got, a, got a job, my first professional job out of college, right? Yeah. And I was really bad at it. And what was that job? So I was, um, the company that I owned was actually a franchise. And I was doing really, really well compared to other franchise owners. Um, so they asked me to come work on the corporate side. So I took advantage of that because really at that point in time, it's like, hey, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I know I want an opportunity. This seems like a good thing. I've had good experience with the company. So they offered me this job and it was, it was what they called a general manager. But essentially I was, I was recruiting other franchisees and then, uh, and then helping them operate their business or helping them understand how to operate their business. And I, I did everything. I wore a ton of hats. So I was doing the legal aspect. I was doing some of the accounting stuff. I was doing some of the forecasting and a whole bunch of other stuff too that I just wasn't very good at. And uh, they thought so too. So they, they fired me uh, right. about, a, about a year into it. And so much for stability, right? Yeah, exactly. So just want to take yeah. a quick pause here. Yeah. Um, just to recap, because you put so many good things out there. So you were originally looking for an intern way, way back when you were in, in yeah. college. And instead of just taking in just normal internship where you were would just end up just doing some remedial work, you actually just had the guts and just started a business? Is that? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, at its most simplistic form, yeah, yeah. That's, I don't know if I was ignorant and maybe that was part of uh, part of the ignorance is bliss piece um i don't i, don't, I wouldn't say it was guts so much i would say that it was it was more i didn't want to do the other things that were out there and i felt were available to me and so i was looking for something different and I was looking for something that was going to radically prepare me. And that's what drove me to look at these alternative options. And then I, I just found this really you know, cool deal, actually, where, where they were willing to, instead of, instead of charging like you know, 4 or 5% royalties, like if you owned a Subway or a Burger King or something like that, or even 7%, I paid a little bit more in royalties. And then I had less upfront costs to start the business. So they were willing to work with me like that. And, and that was a really... That was a really cool deal and a really unique opportunity. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So it, uh, it worked out really, really well. And I don't ever want to do painting again of any kind or contracting again of any kind. But, uh, but it, was, it was fun. And I'm really glad that I had that experience because it exposed me to so much more. 
Yeah. And and then so fast forwarding again, and then yeah. when you decided, hey, I want to do something more stable, and then you ended up <laughs> getting fired from that. What was that like? Oh, uh, it was terrible. <laughs> were you scared? Were you going through a mix of emotions? Can you just describe your audience? Yeah. So the the day that it happened, I mean, they essentially sat me down and they called it laid off. But the real reason that I was leaving the company was because I was bad at it. I I mean, I just I I sucked at the job. At least half of the job, over half of the job. And I didn't enjoy it and I was in the place where quite frankly, I would I would stay up Sunday nights really late, sometimes till midnight or later so that I could, you know, watch TV and somehow I thought that was putting off going to work the next day. And, you know, clearly it's a bad fit. All the signs were there. I didn't realize it. I thought that, you know, this was a good job and a good opportunity and all the things that, that you think when you're in that place. But so when they actually sat me down, there was a multitude of things going on. First of all, the very first thing was I thought about having to tell my wife. <laughs> we'd just gotten married. We'd just purchased a house. We had a mortgage and we'd taken on a little bit of debt and all kinds of other stupid things that, uh, that you do when you don't know any better. And, you know, we don't, we don't have all that, uh, that debt and stuff that, uh, that we did at that time now, but at the time, you know, it was, it was like, oh my goodness, feels like the world's coming down and crashing on you. And I, I just thought that <sighs> I didn't want to tell her because I knew it was going to kind of crush her. And so that was my first thought. The second thought was like, well, it's kind of about time. And it was a relief more than anything else because it's like, wow, I, I've had put so much stress and time and effort and, and even the, the first day, even though I kind of moped around a little bit after I, you know, after I got that news, it still felt in the back of my mind like a relief because it's like, hey, there's an end in sight. Wow. Yeah. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing that the most I think profound impact that it had on me was I kind of realized at that point in time, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I realized that I didn't ever want to do work again that I didn't enjoy and couldn't actually be good at. So that was really what set me on, on this journey and it really kind of set things in motion much, much later for happened to your career. Gotcha. All right. So you ended up getting laid off. Um, it was a relief. But you know, <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of things, but it was also a relief. Yeah, exactly. So, mm -hmm. so then what did you just set out trying to find a job, you know, send out resumes? Did you take some time off? What was the next step? <laughs> um, my back was against the wall. And I know I've, I've heard lots of people's stories that you, you can, when you're in that place or when you put yourself in that place, mine wasn't intentional, but if you find yourself in that place, you can do some pretty amazing things. When, when you've got your back against that wall and you're between a rock and a hard place. So I had the mortgage and I had all these other things and I had my wife going, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, uh, Alyssa was uh, supportive but not, not thrilled to pieces by any means. And I realized that I had to make a transition, knew that I didn't want to go back to doing something that I, I hated. So it was putting those, those two things together to start to figure out how I could actually, you know, make make massive career change because I didn't go into another general management position. What I really wanted to do at the time was go into human resources and, and the people industry, essentially. So I, I knew that. Uh, so I had to literally just start figuring out how that happened. And I, I made a ton of errors. I I made a lot of stupid calls and, and 
I went on some interviews where I just completely botched it and, you know, felt terrible afterwards. And, and, but it was through all that type of thing that, uh, that just putting myself out there because I didn't have any other alternative that I really started to understand what works through trial and error and what, what is essentially the, the 20% of stuff that's going to get you 80% of the results when you're making a career change. And, you know, that, that just applies in a lot of, a lot of different, different areas. So, uh, I don't know if that completely answers your question, yeah. but that's that's what happened, yeah. right? only because it had to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you're right. When you are, when you have these constraints, yeah, and you it's sink or swim. Yeah. Most of the times, you will be surprised at what you can put yourself through, and 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 yeah, and I think a lot of people are just scared of the unknown and scared to put themselves in that situation. But sometimes you got to do it. Yes. Uh, one thing I wanted, just to help give our audience some lessons, you said you made a lot of mistakes, uh, but yeah. it, it helped you through. So what are some mistakes that you did that, you know, looking back, you were like, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have done that? Well, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a whole life full of them. But yeah. in that transition, in that transition, I think one of the, one of the biggest mistakes that was both embarrassing but ended up helping in the long run was I – I didn't know what else to do. I, I had taught sales. Actually, one of the things that I did in this part, I was actually halfway decent at uh, for that same company that ended up firing me. Uh, I, I taught different sales programs. So I, I literally put together a, a sales plan and <laughs> which was, Hey, I need to make this many calls on this, this day. And I'm probably going to get this many results and so on and so forth. And, and I really didn't know what I was doing as it applied to, uh, as it applied to careers and, and transitions. But what I did do, which was both a mistake and, and helpful at the same time, um, I just started calling companies. Like I started, I lived in the Portland area. So I, I called Nike and I called anybody that would talk to me really is what it, what it boiled down to. And I had a lot of really embarrassing conversations and it, it felt like a mistake at the time because I, I got turned down a lot and I got, uh, I can still feel some of the like emotions dredged up that are associated with that. But I, I had a lot of really awkward conversations where people told me that, hey, this is essentially the wrong thing to do. And I was probably going about it in the wrong way because I, I was essentially calling them saying, hey, can you give me a job? Yeah. Which is the wrong, totally the wrong thing to do. Companies don't hire you. Nobody, you know, customers don't purchase from you because of <laughs> something for your benefit. They yeah. purchase, a, you know, whether it be a, a job or anything else for their benefit, right? Yeah. So I was, I was the good thing out of it was that I was making lots of different contacts. And if, if you do that enough, something's going to stick, right? The bad thing out of it was I was, I would have these phone calls and I would say some things like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in the job market again and I really need a job. And, you know, all the, all the stuff that most people probably know that you shouldn't do. Yeah. And, and I was doing that. So those, moment, those were some of the mistakes. It was about me. Yeah. And it, being backed into a corner, it put me in kind of a, a desperate place. And that would show through some of those phone calls and through the interview processes. And that's why I didn't get, you know, as many results as, as what I could have. And I came out of that working in HR, working for a, a company that I really wanted to work for, but I had to screw it up a lot of times before I, before I started learning that over about a two month or 60 day period. Gotcha. And, and I feel this is a good learning point for our audience. If you could switch up some of the things that you did how would you have optimized it? 
I, I say words like optimizers, but anyways, how would you have changed it? Um, you know, looking back now, yeah. uh, to be in your benefit. Well, and that's, and that's part of what we do when we, when we talk about career transitions at HTYC happened to your career. Um, we talk about what are those, what are those things that really work? Not what everybody else is doing and not what's popular, but to your point, you know, whether you want to say optimization or whether you want to say something else, it, it's all the same thing. What really actually is going to get you results, right? And and for me, it, I realized coming out of it, it's primarily about building relationships and building familiarity because people want to work with and people want to hire, if we're talking about jobs and we're not talking about you know businesses, people want to hire um, people that they like and people that they see value in. And you can have both of those things much, much faster and have the perception of that much, much faster if you have any kind of relationship built versus just them finding your resume out of a stack. So we, we actually teach people now, uh, which didn't entirely know then, but uh, we teach people now to, in some cases, not even apply. In some cases, focus on on just getting getting in contact and starting a relationship with the people who actually have the ability and authority to hire you and make those decisions. And I, I personally, since that point in time, I've been I've been hired to multiple jobs without ever putting in an application or um, to formalize their process. I uh, <laughs> you know put in an application after the fact. In folks that we've worked with through you know, happened to your career. Um, We've taught people some of the same things, and and they've used those those methods and those principles is really what it is to to do the exact same thing and make make those types of career transitions too. So that's that's just one thing out of many. But yeah. you know, focus on focus on what's going to get you the the actual job rather than focusing on the process, yeah. which is those relationships. Perfect, and I agree. I, I feel relationships are key because I know myself yeah. being in a, in a hiring position. And thinking about all the people that I've hired, yeah, I'd, I very rarely have hired someone at a stack of resumes. You're right; it's a formality. You have to go through it, but it's someone that has been referred to me or someone that I have a relationship with. And yeah. I think that's something that our audience can really take away. It, the unconventional route, which I admire that you did, is you called people up. But I feel the the way to do it the right way is instead of coming at it from a desperate route, which yeah, if you're backed up against the wall, I know it can. it's hard to do this, but come from more of a building a relationship and saying, hey, how can I help you? Is that, would you agree to that point? Yeah. And, you know, when I went and made job transitions later on, and again, what we've um, even recently, you know, a couple of folks that are in, in our membership group, um, you know, I'm thinking of a, a couple that have just recently made transitions and what they've done too is they come about it from, Hey, what, what value can I actually add to you? Or even if, uh, I don't know what that is, um, trying to understand what it is that, uh, that the company's looking for long before you ever get into the, you know, I'm interested in that job type type thing. So I, I had the same type of conversation and here's a, we've got a, we've got a training video that, uh, that is part of a course that we sell. And one of the things that we teach on that, on that video is, you know, call up and, and have the conversation of, even if the, the company's not hiring, call up and have the conversation of, Hey, I'm really interested in, in your organization. You know, here's a little bit about me. I, I I've worked in, uh, 
worked in HR over the last 10 years and, you know, gotten really amazing results every single job with, uh, with turnover. And, you know, I'm interested in your organization. Um, not sure if you guys are hiring right now, but I'd love to talk to you for 15 minutes about what you're looking for. And that, that sounds maybe a little bit awkward when, when I say it, or I think when people think about themselves saying something like that, but what I found is one, if you're not asking too much of somebody, 15 minutes, most anybody can spare. You ask for an hour of their time and geez, of course it's a no. Um, yeah. Two, you know, if you are, yeah, I know it's, it's hilarious when, when you actually stop and think about it, but people do this all the time where yeah. they're like, hey, can you meet me for an hour and a half for coffee? And I just got an email the other day where, where somebody's like, hey, can you and I meet for coffee? No context, nothing, you know, whatever. So people do this stuff all the time. You know, but the other reason why that works is because you're just, you're in a non, you're putting yourself in a non-committal, non-confrontational request. And if you're asking simply, how can you help them, essentially, which is really what you're doing, because you're just, you're just asking, hey, I'd, I'd love to talk to you, find out if, you know, more about your organization and uh, what you're looking for, then that's completely different than saying, hey, I want you to interview me <laughs> or I need a job or any of the other things that, uh, that people say on a regular basis. And, you know, when, when I've done that in the past, when some of my clients have done that in the past, they get some no's, but they also get yeses that they never, ever would have gotten. And my experience that is that uh, roughly between 30 and 50% of the time, you get somebody um, that sees the value in sitting down with you for 15 minutes, whether you're meeting them for coffee or whether they're meeting them at the place of employment or whether they're doing a phone call. And all of a sudden, you can get a couple things out of that. You can now get the cheat sheet to an interview if you ever actually have a formal interview because you know what they want because they're telling you. Um, two, they're starting to build that familiarity, which, uh, which is what we were talking about before, right? Uh, because familiarity uh, breeds that like, and we all want to hire people that we, we like. And then you know, <laughs> after that, um, if you think about the place where if you – if they're now, maybe they don't have a position open right, right this second, but if they do two months from now, guess who's going to be the first person on the list when they go to, to think about, hey, I can either post and I can sort through a stack of resumes or even digital resumes, you know, that might be a hundred deep, or I can call up this guy who I kind of liked and we can talk a little bit further before I actually go through with this thing. Yeah. And I feel these are all great things that allow you to leapfrog the competition and real quick i just want to summarize I, I feel like you said so many great nuggets i let me see if i can summarize all the things that you said go for it when you're reaching out to these people you need to have an intent you know don't mm -hmm. be vague also um be specific on like time frame don't try to take up all their time uh, i feel geico they they have this right because <laughs> like something something's We've about got 15 nail. minutes it's it's you know it's a it's a um you know, it's, what is it, a quarter of an hour? Um, and our guest on episode seven, Jason Womack, he talked about all the things you can do within 15 minutes. So there must be something magical about 15 minutes. But then also go in and it's a Trojan horse approach, but actually find out what they're looking for. Because mm -hmm. according to what you said, yeah, you may not get the job now, but that's your cheat sheet. So if they tell you these are the things that they're looking for in a candidate, then you can go through and make sure that if you do get the interview, those are the things you highlight. 
Would you, is that a good summary? Completely agree with all that. And what I didn't talk about as much, and it should probably clarify, is that there are a couple other principles behind that. And we'll teach people often to go through a process of clarifying what it is that they want, clarifying what they want in an organization, if they're looking for a job or, you know, if they're going after a business, what is it that they want in the, in the business and how that fits with their life and what they want out of a career and, and all these different things. So I'm, uh, I'm typically assuming that people have already gone through that process and they've arrived at, at the companies that they're contacting because they understand that that lines up. They've already done the research and they already understand that this, this organization, from what I know about it, lines up with those things that I want. That way, it's genuine once you get to that, that point where you're having that conversation. You really do want to know. It's not just about a job anymore. It's, I really am genuinely interested in finding out more about your organization. And that leaves a different impression than, hey, what's up? I uh, you know, kind of want to find something about your organization because I kind of need a job. Or that's how it comes off. Yeah. Um, if people can tell whether you're genuine or not, right? So you've already done that work. And then the, the other thing, too, that I'll throw out there is... That 15 minutes allows them, same way it allows you, to get more of that information genuinely. And if they decide at that point that uh, they want to go beyond 15 minutes, well, that's their choice, right? If you end up spending an hour with you having coffee or something like that, that's their choice. And that's their prerogative at that point. And you know that's, that's not what you've asked for initially. So there's a little bit more context there for why some of that stuff can or should be effective. Yeah, really good stuff. And for the audience uh, listening, we're going to include links to all this stuff. Scott has a lot of really good materials. Uh, we'll include you know a few of those links um, in the show notes. And also, if you haven't uh, found or gotten clarity on what you're looking for, um, Scott has a number of great resources that we'll include. And also, our episode number 18 of the podcast talks just about that. We'll include those in the show notes. Now, Scott, uh, one thing that you talked about that I don't think a lot of people take the time to understand is yeah. what they bring to the table, their strengths. Do you have any yeah. tips on just how to identify what your strengths are? <laughs> I uh, I just wrote a 3,000-word guest post on this. Uh, not sure when, when that's going live exactly, but... Um, so it's fresh in my mind. We also, um, for that guest post ended up producing a few videos to go along with it. So those you can probably find on, on YouTube now, and I can, I'll send you links so you can link those up. But, you know, the, the short version or some of the most effective things for finding your strengths are understanding what strengths really are, first of all. And we, at HTYC, we call, we call, um, we call it your signature strengths is what we focus on. And the signature strengths, and you know, I haven't really heard that term a lot. I don't think I invented it, but um, it, it's not necessarily widely used. But what we think about when we say signature strengths is really those things that you have the potential to be the best in the world at and those things that you absolutely love doing that when you're, when you're there, you know, time, is, time is flying because it can potentially, when developed over time, come so naturally to you. It's, it's those things that uh, uniquely make you, you. So most people in my experience don't have a clue what those are. That's, that's just reality. 
And you know, I, I think sometimes it takes a lifetime to really fully understand, even if you know what some of those those things are, like how the how the application can work. So I think you have to understand that first, more so than than anything else. And once you once you start to look at it from that perspective, then you realize, hey, maybe I don't actually know what my signature strengths are. I kind of know that I'm I'm good at you know having conversations, or I'm good at building relationships, or I'm good at writing code, or whatever it happens to be, or I'm really creative and I like the I like the process of of building something. Well, we encourage people to take those things. This is the best place to start. Take those things and dig deeper on that. Figure out why it is that you actually like that. Why do you like writing code? Well, it's the process of, um, it's the process of creating something. Well, why do you like the process of, of creating something? What is it about that that does it for you, you know, that rings your bell per se? So that's, I would say that's, that's tip number one, is realize where the gap is between where you're at and where you have the potential to be. Because when we start to talk about, hey, these are things that you can be the best in the world at, sometimes we lose people, and they're like, Scott, there's like 7 billion people in the world. I am not going to be the best in the world at one of them. But if you, if you understand um, some of the finite pieces that, of what you have the potential to be great at, then you can actually start developing them, and then you can legitimately become over time and over mastering some of those, those pieces, the best in the world. Gotcha. And I, I feel just listening to you, some of these strengths don't necessarily have to be tactical strengths that have to do with your career. You no. have to be kind of just creative and align them with it. Yeah. Cause maybe you're a big thinker. Well, if you're in the finance industry, well, what does that have to do with finance? Well, I think that's up to you to sort of, put that in there but yeah. what i hear you saying is if you know what your signature strengths are and you dig deeper to really find out the why then that you can really hone in on those strengths and yeah. you know apply it and it doesn't feel like work is that what you're saying that's very much what i'm saying and i probably made it way too confusing but that's exactly it yes very love it Cool. I'm glad we could dig down. And that, that reminded me of this article that I read that was talking about getting to the bottom, to the root of something. In, and they always say, if you can go six layers down, that is like the root of something. And in, in that example, they were talking about uh, someone was saying, well, my car isn't working. Well, why isn't your car working? Well, because it's not starting. Well, why isn't it starting? Well, because I think the alternator is not working. Well, why yeah. isn't that working? Well, you know, and you get all the way down and it comes to find out oh, I don't really take my car in, you know, to get service regularly. Um, you know, and that's, that was the example in there, but I feel like this can apply to so many different things, especially if you're trying to hone in on what you're good at and get clarity so that you can, as what you say, you know, do work that, you know, you really care about. Absolutely. And there's, and there's different ways to, to, to start, but you know, that why, 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 why that problem solving methodology, you know, that, Really came from uh, from the Japanese way back uh, way back when, and then they started applying it into well, like Toyota's famous for this as an example, right? Total quality management, which eventually turned into lean manufacturing, and then you know um, you see in in different pieces of kaizen and and you know all that type of stuff. Um, you know that's that's one of the 
techniques and methodologies that they use for removing back to what the root cause is, like you're talking about. What's that initial cause? And in that, um, sometimes it's called five whys, but getting to that sixth layer essentially is is one practice that works really well. And it transcends a lot of different areas and actually can work for this too. Perfect. So, yeah. Awesome. And we've covered so much stuff and I want to be mindful of time. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Scott, we're going to jump right into the lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So we'll be right back. Hey, Breakthrough Cocktailers. Let's face it. Staying competitive in this fast-paced world requires you to always be learning. However, taking in-person classes can be time-consuming and costly. Lucky for you, there's Udemy. Udemy is an online education marketplace that has thousands of courses from world-class educators. They have classes that will teach you how to program a WordPress site to classes on improving your happiness. Classes are very inexpensive, and more importantly, you can do them on your own time. If you're interested in learning more, go to BreakthroughCocktail.com slash Udemy. That's U-D-E-M-Y to see a few of our favorite classes. All right. Welcome back to Breakthrough Cocktail. We have Scott Barlow of HappenToYourCareer.com, and we are going to jump into the lightning round. Uh, Before we do, it wouldn't be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast without finding out what our guest is drinking today. So, Scott, what are you drinking today? (laughs) It would not be a Breakthrough Cocktail podcast. So, I've got... uh, it's we're we're doing this Saturday morning right now. So my wife was kind enough to pick me up a, uh, a Starbucks iced iced brewed coffee with uh, with cream and a little bit of vanilla. Awesome! Is that is that your go to drink when you're at Starbucks? Uh, sometimes, sometimes I like to mix it up. I like the variety. I we, I've got a whole business about getting outside your comfort zone. So I I feel like I have to practice what I preach. Oh, that's so good. All right, so. Here in the lightning round, I'd like to find out how our guests think and what makes them who they are. So we're going to ask them a few questions. And the first question is, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, architect. I, I was convinced I was going to be an architect. I liked to draw. I loved looking at buildings and structures and things like that. So that was it for me. I was going to be an architect. It's slightly changed <laughs> uh, as it as it always does uh, yeah when, when i was a kid at one point i wanted to be a scientist and uh when i was very young and this was something recently that i was talking yeah. to my grandma she said that i wanted to be a manager of a dry cleaning um establishment sweet i there's still time gary i know exactly <laughs> and as a kid i was very practical uh, <laughs> anyway so, so moving on scott do you have any hobbies or things that you like to do for fun uh, yeah, actually, oddly enough, this is one of them, you know, actually my business, how it started, um, first of all, I, I used to golf a lot Then I, then I had kids. Um, but then I, I started going to lunch and coffee and being asked to go to lunch and coffee with people because they heard about some of the, the career transitions that I'd made in the past and like, Hey, can you go, you know, my friend over here is trying to go to accounting and I, uh, he works in operations management right now. And those are big change. Can you go have coffee with them? And, you know, as you can tell, I love coffee. So I would, I would go and I would do that. And I started doing that for fun, actually, going and doing some of the coaching that I'd been doing for years at that point and taking that and applying it to career transitions. And then people started offering to pay me for that. And it's like, oh, maybe there's something here. Maybe it can be more than just 
fun. So, so that's, that's one of the odd things, I guess you could say that I've, I've done for fun, cool. but golf is golf is a close second. Awesome. Yeah. I, I swear we have a lot in common because it was the same with me. I was president of a young professionals group called uh, add to San Diego. And yeah. as yeah. president, that was my job is to help people that came out of college that were getting into advertising. And yeah. after my presidency ended, a lot of people, they you know kept calling me up and I was like, yeah, I like <laughs> talking to people and yeah, having coffee. And yeah, that's, you know, some of the similar, um, you know, motivations that got me to start Breakthrough Cocktail. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I like golf. I don't say that I'm good at golf, but oh, uh, is anybody really? I mean, <laughs> I know exactly. Uh, all right. So, so moving on, um, are you a morning or a night person? Uh, I got up at 4 a.m. this morning. So you're definitely that probably answers the question. Yes. That's my normal get up time. Perfect. Um, and being a morning person, do you have any rituals that helps you just get locked in on the day? Yeah. You know, I recently have been trying to retool my, my morning routine, but uh, typically I, every day I'm getting up and I make a cup of coffee right away. There's the coffee thing again. I can't get away from it, but, um, but all, you know, I've got a Keurig and that, I don't know, that's ridiculous invention. It saved me so much time and, and effort when it's 4am and I can't quite think straight yet. And I get up, you know, it, it pops on right away. It's already ready to brew. And, and I do that. And then I try and just, this sounds silly, but I try and just exercise for five to 10 minutes, like just to get my, my blood going really. And just to feel like I'm accomplishing something. Yes. Um, and, and that's why it sounds silly to me, but it works for me really, really well. And then recently I've been trying to layer in um, five or 10 minutes of meditation. And that's something if you would have asked me three years ago, I'm like, meditation, woo woo, okay, whatever. Uh, but then, then you know, I started looking for something to become more in control of my mind. I'm totally ADD and and it's like, wow, meditation could actually be good for that. So lately been trying to layer that in and had some success with it. And then at that point, um, have some breakfast and, and start start my day. Great. Um, and next question is, what do you do to stay inspired? Mm. That's a good question. I, I think I get inspiration from a lot of different places. So I think, well, I mean like my kids inspire me quite a bit. So I, I, even though I'm in my office right now, I have these little things sitting on the windowsill that I can, I can see all the time that my kids have, have made me. Look at that. Is that a skateboard? Made it's a, it's a skateboard. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and an inchworm and, they, <laughs> and all these other things. Yeah. So they, they went to a pottery place and, and painted it. And then of course they put it in the, uh, whatever it is, they fired it and yeah. everything like that. And then, yeah, then they brought it home for me. But uh, yeah, so they've, they've made me all these little little things. So I, I put them next to me so that I can get some of that inspiration. And, and remember part of what I'm, I'm doing things for too, because even though I'm having fun, and another place that I'm drawing inspiration from is, is people that I'm actually helping and people that are getting results that didn't know that they could get results before. Um, it's sometimes easy to forget the other reasons that I'm doing this too, yeah. so... So that's that's one of the things that that really works for me. Cool. Uh, are there any books that you would recommend to our audience if they're you know, looking to get inspired and and make that leap? 
Yeah, actually, there's a there's a couple of them. So my my co-founder, he just recently left ha- happened to your career. Um, his name is Mark Sievercrop, and he wrote this really. It was the first book that he's ever written, but it's a really really cool cool book. He it's called Project Success, and it's actually about using projects to get different places and break down barriers in, in your life. But I don't think he realized it at the time. But after he wrote it, I looked at this and like this is a career transition book, Mark. And he's like, oh, I guess it is. And and that's really, really what it is, even though it doesn't sound like it. So that's something where somebody is in a place and they, they don't necessarily know how to move forward and they don't necessarily um, understand how to get started doing something completely different other than what they've had experience in. This book takes you step by step how to look at that process as a project and break it down to make that type of career transition. Wow. So. That is great, and we'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well. Uh, a few more questions, and the first one is, do you have any affirmations or quotes that you like to live your life by? Mm. There's one that somebody um, sent me when I first got started with with Happened to Your Career, and I believe it's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. And I'm probably going to butcher it, but it goes something like, once you make a decision, the universe conspires to help you make it happen. And they sent it to me because we've got Happen to Career in the title of our business. And they're like, hey, make it happen. And they know that that's, that's one of our philosophies. But I, I believe that that is very, very true. Most of the time, especially in career changes and especially when people are thinking about work that they want to do, the biggest thing that's stopping them from making a commitment or making a decision to move forward, a lot of times after you do that, your your mind and the universe in, in weird ways will just help you figure out how to how to achieve that that goal. So decisions are when we're working with clients, some of the biggest things that we want to get to, that decision and commitment to move forward. Yeah. And it's all about making just brave decisions and someone by the name of Michael Hyatt, I recently saw him speak at yeah. um, World Domination Summit and he talks about having a designed life and that is a life that you are in control of and one of his principles of having a design life is what is one brave decision that you need to make today and I feel not enough people, they know what they want but they're scared to make make it known and, yes. and tell the world, but yeah, you're right. Once you actually put it out there, the world somehow just, yeah, it, it just becomes. I love that, what uh, the Michael Hyatt quote too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and since you're a music guy, I want to throw this out there. What would be three songs that would be on the soundtrack of your life? <laughs> um, one of them would probably be Counting Stars. Um, by One Republic, just because yeah. I feel like a lot of my life has resonated with with some of those lyrics. And actually, I'd love to have uh, Ryan Tedder on on my show sometime. I'm going to have to figure out how to get in touch with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know him by any chance? I don't know, if anyone out there knows him, yes, yeah, I would love to hear it. Yeah, him. that would be great. And so that's that's one. Two, um, I'd have to probably say Lindsey Sterling, uh, "Shatter Me." Okay. And and partially just because I've got the I've got this Lindsey Sterling Pandora channel. I don't care what you say about yeah. Lindsey Sterling. I, I love it, um, and it helps me get a ton of work done. It's probably <laughs> maybe I'll have to get her on the show too at yeah. some point. So <laughs> two calls for <laughs> for musicians. But then third one, geez, I don't. I most anything by Frank Sinatra. 
just because I love the the classicality of that. And and he just he put out so many good things. So not necessarily any song in particular that the lyrics I'm resonating with, yeah. but just the uh, his stuff. I just I like the feel, like the vibe of it. Perfect. And the last one is if you can give our audience one tip, one piece of advice that they can do right now just to help them clarity, uh, help them get clarity and um, find a job or, or something that they're passionate about. What would that be? Well, I would I would say make going back to making the decision. And in fact, you know, you you alluded to it earlier, but we were talking about. Um, we've actually got this this free eight-day course that we put together because we were getting so many emails with people struggling with exactly that and people not sure how to figure out what they want and then definitely that was restricting them from getting to that decision point. So we'll actually put together, um, we'll put together a page where they can go to happentoyourcareer.com slash BTC. Perfect. Um, and, and they can sign up and that will help them get to that decision point because we want you to make a decision and start to allow things to happen after that. Awesome. All right. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, and before I let you go, just uh, spend a couple of minutes and let our audience know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah. So aside from that link, uh, you can, you can find me on, you can find me on Twitter, Scott A. Barlow. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on, uh, any place where friends are made social media wise, I guess, <laughs> you know, reach out. I'd love to connect with you. And you can also go to happentoyourcareer.com. That's our home base. We've got several, several different sites that, uh, that feed into that. And you can, you can certainly find more contact information. The podcast there, the Happen to Your Career podcast, which you can also search HTYC on iTunes and it'll pop right up. Uh, and then, you know, anything else that we do is really, really centered around that home base, happentoyourcareer.com. Perfect. Scott, thank you again for coming on the show. I've gotten so much value out of it. I know our audience is going to get so much value out of it, and uh, we just really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Awesome. And to everyone listening, thanks for listening to the Breakthrough Cocktail Podcast, and we'll include all this stuff on the show notes. And until next time, stay awesome, guys. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.